This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Well, hello, everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. You know, I'm just sitting here in comfort watching our teenage sons loading the luggage into the trailer. You know, it really is amazing how responsible kids can be. And I think a lot of times we just don't give them enough credit. Yeah, uh, you were reading a book recently, Hal. Yeah, this this is a book by Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska. He is a not only a senator, but he was a former university president. And he wrote a book published last year called The Vanishing American Adult. And uh, boy, what a provocative title. Well, the, the senator's office was kind enough to send us a copy of the book. And um, I tell you what, there's... It's not very often that I read a book that I that I get to the end and think, well, I believe I agreed with every single point of that. Wow, yeah, that's th- very unusual. I think that I probably did of this book, but we, I mean, we're just seeing an example of the, I guess, the counterexample. We're seeing the ones who are acting like adults, the 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 young uh, the young people of our lives who are stepping forward and being adults. That's an encouraging thing. But that's not what he was seeing as a well, university president. Yeah, that's really not what we're seeing in the culture at large. Right. You know, like the book that we read a, a while back um, from the researchers at UVA. Right. Escaping the Endless Adolescence. It's by Joseph and Claudia Allen. Yeah, and, and that was one of the things. They picked up on a lot of the things in their work as clinical psychologists. They work with uh, teenagers and, you know, young 20-age people. And... They were seeing the same kind of things from a clinical standpoint that that Ben Sass was seeing from the administrative standpoint, from more of the anecdotal and experiential. Well, you know, it's interesting to me because the researchers at UVA are are dealing with kids that have issues. That's why they're in counseling. Right. But, you know, they're seeing 25 is the new 15 is what they said. You know, that what we expect from 25-year-olds is what we used to expect from 15-year-olds. Then we look at Ben Sass, mm-hmm. who was looking at kids who are doing quite well, who are in college, who are successful, and is seeing the same thing. You know, and, and that's the thing. He, he said, you know, he was, um, he was picked to be the head of this, this little university as a very young man. I mean, he's in his 30s at this time. And, you know, the senator grew up on a ranch. He grew up out in the farmlands of Nebraska, okay? And you know what? All the stuff about growing up on a farm, that was his life. You know, you get up early, you work hard. If it's harvest season, you put in the hours. Sometimes you just have to do it, even if it's raining, even if you're out in the snow, whatever. you got to do what's got to be done. He grew up with that expectation. Well, that's the way I grew up. I grew right. up in a family business. Uh-huh. And it didn't matter whether you were tired, if there was a job that needed to be done. You mm-hmm. did the job that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, if we needed to move things from one store to the other, well, then we drove as late as it took. Right. And I remember my friends, their parents would have fits if they weren't in bed by 930. And I was like, I'm grateful if we're home by midnight. Right. You you just, you know, your adult life is not typically going to be as well-regulated and structured as people try to make it for their kids, you know, thinking that that's the better, the better way. You know, we, we want our children to have a, a quiet very structured, very predictable, um, steady, even sort of life. And 
sometimes they're not benefiting from it. You know, one of the things that one of the things in Sass's book, he he describes the things which kind of alerted him to this problem was stuff like student committees that were going to be like decorating the alumni center for Christmas. And, you know, they would get to a problem. Maybe maybe the, the Christmas tree was too tall for anybody to reach the top. What do you do? And and, and they would just they would just quit. They get to that point, you know, all the all the decorations are in the first six feet of the tree and the top of the tree is completely bare. And, and he comes out and says, you know, what are you doing? Well, we can't reach the top. Well, did anybody like stand on a chair? Did anyone call maintenance and say, hey, is there a stepladder? Um, you know, did anybody think, how do we solve this problem? No, they just got to a roadblock and said, oh, end of the story. Well, but, you know, our kids are seeing the same thing in college. I remember, I will never forget being on the phone with Matt, and he was a resident advisor in his dorm mm-hmm. as a sophomore. Right. And he said, I got to go. One of my man babies is at the door. I said, man what? Man babies? What are man babies? And he said, Mama, look. He said, these kids look like men, but they are babies. They have no idea how to run a washing machine, how to take care of themselves, mm. how to manage their time or their money. Or to what to do when they're sick. They don't have. They're not ready to be out here in the real world. Mm. And so the resident advisor has to be the grown up. Yeah, he said he felt like he was daddy to eighty kids. Wow. Well, okay, so you know well, what? Yes. You know, Caleb saw the same thing. I remember Caleb. Mm-hmm. Um, totally different school. Totally different type of school. He was at. He was at a huge state university. Yeah. But he said he remembers walking with a friend and some friends and they said well we're going to go out to this restaurant uh-huh. and Caleb said I can't afford to go and they said why not and he said because I don't have the money to go mm-hmm. and they said well why don't you get a loan or something <laughs> and Hello? you know they were living on student loans and he said you know I don't have any debt I'm working for what I need mm-hmm. and I don't want to spend that money that I'm going to need later this month and one of the guys turned to him and said man you demand. You know, that he yeah. was just stunned that Caleb was thinking about whether he could afford something or not. You know, I see things go around on Facebook all the time. You know, people throw up little, little hopeless memes that basically have the theme, I'm sorry, I don't feel like adulting today. I just don't think I'm going to adult. But, you know, that, that's... It's one thing when, when a grown-up is saying... I'm tired of all the responsibility and I need a little mental break. It's quite another thing when you've got like a generation of Peter Pans that aren't growing yeah. up at all, it seems like. And and that was that was the thing that, that Sass brings out in his book. He said, you know, that that he really benefited from having hard work assigned to him and having high expectations assigned to him. Because, you know, the expectations were not as a means of punishment or a means of entrapment, it was simply saying, we believe that you're capable and we want you to live up to your ability. Now, see, I have I have the same experience. I'll be honest. I resented being working so much when I was a kid. Uh-huh. I resented the fact that my friends were home watching TV and I was trying to do homework in the back of the van as we traveled between store to store or, mm-hmm. or that I was working on the, in the stores on Saturdays instead of goofing off with my friends. And I resented it at the time many times. Mm-hmm. But now I'm so thankful because for several reasons. 
my dad died when I was 14, and I would not have even known him hardly if I'd lived the life most of my friends did. Mm-hmm. But instead, I spent many, many, many hours with my dad. Right there close by while he solved grown-up problems. Right, and I feel like I really knew who he was. Yeah. But also, I learned a work ethic, mm-hmm. and I learned about coping in the real life and dealing with real people. Mm-hmm that I was so much better prepared for for adulthood than most of my friends. Even back then when your average kid was a lot more prepared for adulthood than they are now. And and I've seen, you know, some of the same thing in our young people as they're growing up. You know, I see our kids are helping us with the ministry and with the business, whether, whether we're back at home base or whether we're on the road like we are this week. You know, that they all, they all have roles that they play and they embrace them. You know, maybe they wouldn't have signed up and said, oh, please, 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 could I do this? But we put that expectation because we need them on our team. And, and, and they rise to the occasion. They, they do, step up and they do it. They do a great job. You know, last mm-hmm. week we were at a conference with 12,000 people. Mm-hmm. And our kids ran the booth. You know, they, were, they waited on the customers. I don't think I checked anybody out. Mm-hmm. They waited on the customers. They helped them. They answered their questions. You know, mm-hmm. I, even our youngest was walking around asking people, did you get your free audio book? Did you sign up for our web, mm-hmm. for our newsletter? Mm-hmm. You know, she was helping people. I just, you know, and I know sometimes they probably wish that they could sit and watch TV like <laughs> some of their friends do. Right. Just like I did. Right. But I know that, I know that they'll be glad because our older kids are glad that mm-hmm. they had that experience. Right. So, you know, what, what can we, do, what can parents do? Mm-hmm. To make sure they're raising adults. I think the most important thing, Hal, right. is to realize that they don't always have to be the good guy. Because mm-hmm. what if my parents had... My parents were well able to hire somebody to, to sit with me at home and let me do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. What if my parents had not been able to bear my resentment when I got pouty about having to work when nobody else was? Right. What if they had just hired a nanny to keep me at home and let me goof off? I would not have turned out to be the person I am today. Mm-hmm. No, no, you you definitely would not have. And you know, there's we have category problems in our culture. You you realize that you know we have a hard time saying this is one thing and it is not another, and and it's okay for them to be considered and treated differently. And you know, it is it's right to look at a child and say this is a child. A child needs certain. It needs to be protected in certain ways, needs to be given certain freedoms and freedom from certain expectations. But you know what? There's a point where they're not little kids, and it's okay to say, hey, you're big enough to do this. You know, we, we need you to step up and to act more grown up now. And that doesn't happen when they're 18. I think it happens much earlier. No, it starts in the preteens, definitely, mm-hmm. where, you know, it's time to start to get out of the wagon and start pulling it. Well, and, and <clears throat> you know, here's the thing, too. I think we've. I think sometimes we want to, you know, spare our children from the demands when really and truly it's something that they, they might actually enjoy. You know, I think about certain things in my life when, man, I wanted to be one of the grown-ups. Oh, yes. I wanted to step up and, you know, learn to drive and get a get an outside job and cash a paycheck and be treated with some respect. And, you know, and I, see, I didn't want to be sheltered. And that's the other side of what I did with my parents growing up. I did. I loved going to... The merchandise marts with them and helping to choose what people are going to be wearing in the next season. Mm-hmm. And to be, you know, 
waiting on customers and feel like I was really contributing to my family. Mm-hmm. And I think that our kids want to do big things. And I think lots of times our fear keeps us from letting kids do real things. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, classic example. This was from a few years ago. We were at a conference in Canada. We were talking about entrepreneurship. How do you encourage and teach and support entrepreneurship in your young people? And she came up afterwards and said, you know, I've got a son. He's 15 or 16, whatever it was. I've got a son, and he's he's so interested and wants to have a business, and he's got all these ideas, but I'm just afraid of, of letting him try and we asked well why and she said because i'm afraid he might fail and you know our response was a little bit incredulous because you think well okay when's if you're going to fail at a business idea would it be better to do it when you're 26 and newly married and you've got a baby on the way or would it be better to do it when you're 16 and you say oh that was stupid let me try something different next time yeah seriously and so i think fear of failure I think fear they're going to make the same mistakes we did sometimes keeps us from from giving them responsibilities and freedom. Right. I think. I... Well, okay. Now that's an important. Let me let me just pick that for just a minute because you know one of the things that I think we don't give ourselves enough credit is that we look back at our own past and say, "Man, I did stupid things when I was a teenager." Say, but you know what? Haven't you been raising your own child to avoid those same areas? I mean, haven't you been been saying, "Hey"? I know that it runs in my thinking. It probably runs in your thinking, too. Don't do this, child. I did it, and it was dumb. It hurt. And haven't you trained them to avoid that? So why do you why do you still persist in this fear that they're, like, you know, condemned to, to follow in your footsteps? I know. I have friends who don't want their kids to go to college because they goofed off in college, and they didn't... Mm-hmm. They, got involved in sin but I look at their kids their kids aren't that aren't aren't are very different than that right they have responsible kids who want to do right mm-hmm. yeah you know, so f- I think fear stops us sometimes I think I think that we don't we don't want our kids to be unhappy mm-hmm. you know if if the, they complain that you know it's hard work we want them to give them everything make things easy for them mm-hmm. but making things easy for your kids in the short term often makes it hard for your kids in the long term Let's hold that thought because I've got something I wanted to share about that. This week's episode is brought to you by the producers of the animated feature Ice Dragon, Legend of the Blue Daisies. This animated film blooms on the big screens nationwide for a two-day family-family adventure. You can take an amazing journey to an enchanted world that holds a secret where hope is in a song. This is going to be in select cinemas nationwide on March 24th and 26th only. Tickets are on sale now at fathomevents.com. That's F-A-T-H-O-M-E-V-E-N-T-S.com. And if you missed the live event, you can purchase a copy for your home library on Blu-ray Digital or DVD. Just visit icedragonmovie.com and you'll find the film and special resources for your children. Ice Dragon, Legend of the Blue Daisies, in select cinemas March 24th and 26th only. Okay, so you you brought that up that you know we we mean well as parents. We want to give our children a you know a, as peaceful and enjoyable a childhood as we can manage, and yet somehow sometimes. That may not be what they need. 
you well, know. You no. know, let me tell you something that right. I think most parents don't realize. Yeah. There is almost nothing your kids won't do to be with you. Hmm. And if you want your kids to be happy working, work alongside them. Mm-hmm. Because they will do almost anything to do it with you. Wow. And it's the truth. It's the truth. And so that's a great way to get kids started, especially when you've got this kid that you tell them to do something and they're just, they're helpless. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> they just stare blankly at you. Yeah. You know, jump in and do it with them and show them. That's just it. Show them. Not not just say, oh, that's just too much for you. Let me take care of it. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you don't have the time to show them. But most of the time you do, really. And, and that, yes, that is the teachable moment when they're, they're looking at that problem and they don't know where to start. And that starts super early. Mm-hmm. Like even when they're three, four, five, hey, let's pick up your room. Let's right. put away the books. Can you yeah. pick up four books? Okay, yeah. now pick up three books. You know, make it bite-sized chunks. But then mm-hmm. as you get, as they get older and as they enter the preteens, listen, folks, if you give them the confidence that they can do real things, mm-hmm. they will blow your mind, like this weekend. Well, okay, there's a great example. Our guys, and this is almost, this is almost an independent project. You know, our older son, several years ago, wanted to learn some auto mechanics and frankly I don't have many skills in that area that's not my thing but they wanted to work on their cars and so they started watching YouTube and talking to friends that were in training and whatever and they've learned some really good maintenance skills and they've been passing these things on to their younger brothers and so well like when, like when mm-hmm. Sam was home on spring break right you know, he got his younger brothers out there, and they've they've changed the brake pads on the van. Yeah, we needed we needed the brakes in the front uh, redone, and Samuel said, "I can do that." Hey, younger brothers, come on, let's go out and let me show you how this works. I didn't know ordinary people could do stuff like that. <laughs> and then, so last, so Friday, I guess it was. So Friday the other day, we we'd been having some trouble with our trailer on the last trip, and I asked I asked our son Seth, who's who's what seventeen, yeah. yeah. And I said, look, would you jack up the trailer? In fact, he suggested this part. He said, jack up the trailer and take the weight off it and let's see you know, what's going on with the suspension on the trailer. So we went out and did that. He came back in and said, Dad, I think we have a bent axle. I go out and we look at it. Yeah, he's right. He diagnosed it. I said, okay. Now, y- y- y'all came in and said that. And yes. my, you, I didn't say anything. My stomach plummeted to my boots. Uh, because I'm <clears throat> thinking, I remember... Was it $1,000 it cost us to get an axle replaced? It was something like that. It was outrageous. Yeah, it was pretty bad. In the middle of a trip one, mm-hmm. oh, a couple of years ago. Right. So I'm feeling sick. But we learned how it's done, and I said, great. When I'm out running errands, I'll pick up an axle at Tractor Supply and we'll and uh, bring it back, and you can put it in. And you know what? He didn't blink. He, he took apart the suspension, put that new axle in place, remounted everything, and here we are on the road, and it's just great. And that's all done by the teenager. He did it by himself, except for when he came and got his 15-year-old brother to help him when there needed some muscle. We need another another set of hands, yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's just the point to say they, they can learn skills, they can do great things, but they gotta they got to have the opportunity to learn and then the opportunity to practice. That's a thing. Well, and to do that, parents have got to take their hands off the wheel. You know, that is what I'm seeing we talk to people all the time. 28% of Americans, only 28%, give mm-hmm. their kids any kind of chores. Well, that explains a lot. 
well, why you can't get de- decent service. And and that is a uh, that's a really good place to start. I mean, for for goodness sakes, don't you need a he- some help around the house? But to say, okay, children, you're capable of doing these. You're capable of of finishing the cooking this meal, or you're capable of washing dishes. Why should why should your parents, who have greater skills and needs to do other things that you can't do, why should they be doing the dishes when you're capable and you can contribute? Because it's laying a foundation for later. Mm-hmm. That that should start when they're maybe about eight. Right. Doing real chores like right. doing the laundry, doing mm-hmm. the dishes, cooking, and then. But by the time they're preteens and early teens, they can do real things. It's amazing. Like we're sitting in a room at your mama's house. Yes. And as I remember, our teenagers painted this room. You know what I think? And it looks great. It does. It does. You know, they can paint rooms in your house. Yeah. They can repair things. Mm -hmm. They can install ceiling fans. They can change out light light fixtures Mm -hmm. and change out um, plugs for for your your electric plugs. They can not only wash clothing, but they can make clothing and they can hem things and they can replace buttons and they can repair stuff. And, you know, there's... They can start businesses. Well, we've got so many examples of things that our guys do and some of our friends' children have done. And and that's, again, that's when we as adults can come alongside them and say, well, now let's talk about how to do this mm-hmm. and give them a chance to practice with supervision and then say... All right, run with it. See what happens. And even if we don't know how to do it, you know what? We live in an era where there is no excuse. You can go out to YouTube and get an instructional video on how to do anything. Honestly, I you mean, can, anything academic, anything anything practical. There's, there's YouTube videos. They're competing YouTube channels talking about it. You can get instruction on how to do anything. And I think the big thing is just being intentional about preparing your kids for adulthood. And that means letting them begin to do real things. Well, here is a, here is a little mental exercise. Sometimes I, I run this myself. What if the day comes, and the day is eventually going to come, but what if the day comes sooner that my, my young person is going to need to take care of herself? She's going to need to take, or he's going to need to take care of himself without my daily hands-on interaction. You know, whether it's we're sent to the mission field or we're, you know, translated into heaven or if it's just they've moved to a different state, mm-hmm. you know, what do they need to be able to do? I mean, once they land there, here they are. Welcome to your new apartment. Now what? Do they know how to cook a meal? Do they know how to do their own laundry? Can they drive? You know, do they know how to? Well, then you get into other things. You know, can they handle money the way it's handled now? You know, it used to be the checkbook was a major thing, but that's not so much as no. it used to be. It's can you deal with credit and handle yeah. credit responsibility? Do you understand how a debit card works and can you keep up and make sure you got money in your account? Mm-hmm. You know, all those things we need to be thinking through what our kids are going to be needing. Right. And we need to stop being so controlling. You know, whether mm-hmm. it's I'm scared to let my kids do the laundry for fear they'll ruin something. Let me tell you something. You get your kids doing laundry, the time you save, you can go earn the money to buy something they ruin. You know? That, well, that's part of the training process. It's recognize that they're going to make mistakes early on, and you're going to have things that shrink in the dryer. You're going to have food that didn't, didn't quite turn out like it was expected. You're going to have a drip of paint in a place there shouldn't have been. But that's part of the learning process, and you can deal with it. You know, kind of funny thing, and I guess I could say this from the perspective of somebody who's, you know, 
the Lord seems to have taken us out of the baby phase now that we're our, our kids are getting older and I can look at pieces of our furniture that have you know teeth marks mm-hmm. or you know a mark where some toddler whacked the, the edge of the kitchen table with a spoon one day from the high chair and I can look at that now and think you know that's like a badge of honor that's like life has been lived here mm-hmm. you know it's not a matter of gee it's no longer perfect my kids ruin everything but rather just say hey you know what we use things to raise a family. We don't we don't buy things to exhibit in a museum. Right. They're here for a purpose. You know, and that purpose is not just to look at, that purpose is to use and to bless our family and to be a part of getting our getting the job done, getting the mission done. You know mm-hmm. I think I I was afraid that our kids would make a mistake or afraid that I wouldn't know what to do sometimes when our older kids were were teens mm-hmm. and y'all the the fear is crippling you just got to get rid of it you've got to realize that the same god that took care of you and led you and brought you to to himself and has guided you through life is there for your kids too mm-hmm. and we've got to just trust that he's going to help us through this all mm-hmm. and you know it, the, the rewards are amazing Mm-hmm. I was talking to a young mom who was feeling so overwhelmed. You know, her oldest kid was nine. They had maybe five or six kids. Mm-hmm. She was feeling completely overwhelmed. And I said, you know, you got to realize that in a few short years, you're going to have those two mm-hmm. oldest are going to be teenagers. And it's going to be like having four adults in the house instead of two. Would that make your life easier? Mm-hmm. She said, Yeah. But y'all, you got to raise them to be adults. You've got to look forward to that, and you need to talk about it with your kids and let them look forward to it as well. To say, "Hey, you're growing up, and that's a neat thing, and there's there's privileges to being a grown up. Yeah, there's responsibilities. Yeah, there's hard work and disappointment to deal with. But you know what? There's a freedom there. There's a productivity there. There's respect there. Don't you want to be a grown up soon? Man, that could be awesome. You got to praise them. You've got to mm-hmm. praise them when they do things when they do real things you've got to to praise them not just you're awesome but you Mm -hmm. know that was amazing the courage it took to do what you did there i'm really impressed with you child right you know and and also point out how they're helping the family yeah you know like i said to to seth who did the the axle the other day i said son you have really blessed our family because when we had to have this professionally done it cost like a thousand dollars and you did it. You know, the part was 300 but that's all it cost. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have to, you know, we would have had to wait to get it repaired. It probably would have been repaired mm-hmm. today. We're already on the road. Mm-hmm. And instead, you know, the thing has been repaired and it's here with us instead of us trying to drive 1,200 miles in, in a day and a half because we had to wait to have it repaired. Right. And so, yeah. It, a real serious contribution to the family happened there and you know it's not something that he did straight out of the box it's not it's not something that the first time he ever picked up a wrench the first time he ever had anything responsible to do you know this is a culmination of years of growing responsibility of growing opportunities and lots of let's try it let's correct it let's improve it let's try it again and, and recognize that's part of the training. You know, we are training up the generation of adults that will raise our grandkids. Think about it that way. Seriously. And can we just stop mm-hmm. saying 
things like I see all the time on Facebook yeah. and social media where people are saying, well, I'm just, I'm not going to let my child get their driver's license because it's just too big a responsibility. Can we stop saying those things? Because we're raising kids that can handle those responsibilities. I hope you are too. And, you know, coming back to Senator Sass's book, you know, that was one of the things that he, he looked around and saw a difference between the, the 19 and 20 year olds that he was teaching or that, that he was leading at his university versus his grandmother. He said, you know, my grandmother was a young married woman as the Second World War broke out. And when all of the men got drafted and took off the farm, guess what? She's 20 years old. She's out there driving a tractor with a baby in a basket yeah. because the crops have got to be put in. And there's nobody else to do it, so I'm going to do it, and I'm going to bring my baby along. You know what? That's a different kind of mentality from somebody the very same age because they came up in a different culture, and they had different opportunities and expectations. And you know what? Your your own opportunity is going to be different. I, You know, we don't have a farm. You know, we can't send our kids out to, to work with the calving or and anything. not everybody but, has their own business like we do. Right. But, you know what? If you help, if you encourage your kids and help them mm-hmm. to do real life things you're raising amazing kids and you're going to be amazed at what they can do so we highly recommend you do that because i tell you we're seeing the benefit of it that's for sure raise adults raise adults and you know maybe that starts with being one yeah <laughs> i think i think this adult needs to needs to wrap things up and let's get ourselves on the road because we are headed to the teach them diligently conference in rogers arkansas this yes. weekend we're going to be there for three days this weekend here if you're listening to the to this in real time but um we we're come out to our website come out to raisingrealmen.com and look under our events and you'll see our schedule we're all over the country all over the time yes and we can come to your area too if you're interested if you want us to come speak in your area go mm-hmm. to halandmelanie.com mm-hmm. and you can put it in in Fill out the form out there. Yeah. Find out about getting us to your area. We would love to come speak in your area. That's right. And you know what? If you'd like to be a regular supporter of this ministry and this broadcast and this all of the things that we're doing here, come out to our account on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Hal and Melanie. And we would really appreciate your support and joining our team out there. Or you can make a one-time gift at RaisingRealMen.com. Click the shop. Scroll down to Supporting Raising Real Men. We appreciate you guys, and we really appreciate you guys that are, that are supporting this ministry. Okay, well, look, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. So I hope that you'll join us again as we talk about taking biblical principles and applying them to 21st century family life. Until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.